Psalm 84. Psalm chapter 84, as we continue to look. There we go. As we continue to look at prayer. It's my hope on this short series as we look at prayers, especially through the book of Psalms, that we will learn to be a praying people. I'm not exaggerating when I say that prayer may be the most important thing about us. Prayer is our salvation in action. And what I mean by that is this. As I've said since we started this, if you are not good at prayer, it is not because you're not disciplined enough. It's because you don't have faith. Our faith is weak if our prayers are weak. And what I mean by that is simply this. If we truly believe that the almighty living God listens to our requests, we will make them. And so it's not just a matter, and though we we need to be disciplined in all things, it's not just a matter that we haven't set aside enough time. It's that our faith is weak. Now, that doesn't mean that we're condemned. The cure for a weak faith is to feed on the feast on the things that build our faith. And so the purpose of these sermons is not just, hey, get more disciplined and pray more often. It is, hey, look at the promises and the rewards and the benefits that are ours in Christ Jesus. And that will motivate us to pray and ask Him, does God not say over and over again to come to Him, to make our petitions and requests made known to Him? Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. We need to learn that God loves us, that He hears our prayers, and that He answers them. And sometimes He says no. And every single time the Lord says no, we should rejoice because we ask for something dumb and harmful. He is always good to us. He is always listening to us. At this moment, He's listening to me because I've been praying about this sermon. I want to do a good job and honor him. And I want you to learn and listen and understand prayer. So today as we read Psalm 84, one thing I want to be thinking about with regards to prayer, this song. And like I said, songs and prayers are twins. If we have a desire for God's presence, then we'll pray. A couple of weeks ago we talked about the fact that if we believe the promises that God's made for us, we will pray. And if we have a longing and a desire for God's presence, we will pray. Again, it's not just about discipline. It's about a longing desire to be in the presence of God. Remind yourself of the many benefits of God as we saw in Psalm 103 and His great care that He's shown for us, that He knit us together in our mother's womb, that He knows our days from the time we're born to the time it ends. He knows when we get up to go out. He knows when we come back in. He knows everything. He's with us all the time. But today I want to examine your desire. So, so last week and a couple of weeks before it was if you feel like your prayers are is non-existent, then work to build your faith. And then today I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a question. Do I desire the presence of the Lord? Do I desire the presence of the Lord? If the answer to that is yes, then pray. Let's look at Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place... Lord of armies. Now I know that almost everybody's translation says Lord of hosts. The Christian Standard Bible has translated hosts as armies because that's what hosts mean. But it sounds funny because you may not have ever heard that. But I'm going to read it as it's written in Christian Standard because sometimes it's good for us to think about why is he praying like this to the God of armies? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. 
I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young near your altars, Lord of armies, my King and my God. How happy are those who reside in your house who praise you continually. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca or the valley of tears. They make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord God of armies, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than live in the tents of wicked people. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. Think about the meditation of the psalmist here, the sons of Korah, as they sing about and write about being in the presence of God, what it's like for them to wish and long for God. In fact, the sons of Korah wrote another psalm in Psalm 42. They've written several. In another psalm, they're the ones who famously said, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. They say the same thing here. They like, like longing for God, like water in a dry and thirsty land. They long for the presence of God. And so the psalm teaches us, and the scripture teaches us, that we should long for God's presence. Oh, that he would rend the heavens and come down and show himself mighty. I wish we could be. In the presence of God is your desire, is your desperation, is the panting of your soul to be in the presence of God. In Luke 5, 16 we find, and as I said, prayer means longing for the presence of the Lord, the Lord's presence. In Luke 5, 16 we find that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. He often withdrew to lonely places to pray to God. The crowds were coming to him. Hundreds, thousands of people were coming to hear him preach. He was healing the sick. And the Bible says that they were listening to every word that he said. Great crowds listening to everything he said. Opportunity to heal the sick. And yet, during this time, sometimes they would wake up and be like, the crowds are here, where's Jesus? And they would have to go looking for him. And they would find him off in some lonely spot praying to his father. Most of us, especially pastors, would love it if the crowds came and hung on our every word. Can you imagine such vain preachers who think that they, they just love it when people hang on their every word? I cannot imagine, but that happens. So everybody was hanging on Jesus' words, and he had the power to heal. What if you had the power to heal the sick? You could go around laying hands on people, and they would get better. How much time would you take to pray? Would that be on your mind? Or would you be ready for the next crowd, the next healing, the next... Why did Jesus go off to lonely places to pray? Some of you introverts probably think it's because he was tired of the crowds. But Jesus loved people. He liked being with the crowds. I'm sure he got tired. But it doesn't say here that he withdrew to lonely places because he got tired or he got tired of people. You know why Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray? He wanted to be with his dad. 
That was it. He wanted to spend time with his father. He wanted to be in the presence of the father. You might think, well, maybe he went to pray so he could get direction, you know, perhaps to know what he should do next. But we serve the Lord Jesus who's all-knowing, all-wise. Maybe he went for purpose and direction, but I believe he just went because he wanted to spend time with his father. Crowds were great. Healing was wonderful. That was the reason for which he came. Because he wanted to go spend time with his father, so he sneaked, snuck off, sneaked off. I don't know if that's a good word, but you'll remember. He sneaked off to be with his dad. He wanted to spend time with his father. That's why Jesus went off into the lonely places to pray. So he could have some time with his dad. That's the longing that we should have too. Do not get so caught up in your ministry that you forget the one for whom you do ministry for. Do not get so caught up in life that you forget that the greatest thing is to be in the presence of the Lord. Martha and Mary had this problem, didn't they? Remember Mary? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, she wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. Martha was busy with her ministry. So busy, in fact, it made her upset. <laughs> and she said, Lord, my house is full. Tell Mary to help me. What did Jesus say? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. But Mary has chosen the best thing. Take off the apron, Martha, and sit down at the feet of the Lord. The dishes will take care of themselves in due time. We all love to serve the Lord, I hope, I trust. But do we love just to be in his presence? Do we long for it? Do you long to long to be in the presence of the Lord? Maybe even now the Spirit of God convicts your heart. And you say, I wish I longed for the presence of the Lord. Even that is prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. If you want to be someone who prays, don't just set aside an hour in the morning like a discipline, but realize I want to be with my Father. And you will make time to do it. Prayer means longing for the presence of God, and that's what the psalmist did. He wanted to be in the Lord's presence. He said... I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. He says, the sparrows have made nests. And what they're talking about is inside the temple, the sons of Korah had seen, or inside the tent of meeting maybe, but they saw that the sparrows had made nests in the temple of God, and they thought, oh, I wish I could be a sparrow, live in the house of God and in his presence forever. And yet you're invited every single day, every moment of every day, to live in the presence of the Lord. Are you not worth more than many sparrows? Oh, ye of little faith. Be someone who longs for the presence of the Lord. He says, better is one day in your court, as we just sang, than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents with the wicked. Long for the Lord's presence. Second, and this is beautiful poetry here. All the psalms are poems. This is a poem. We've lost the music, but we still got the poetry. Prayer means believing His presence will help our sorrows 
This is where we go as our retreat. It says here in verse 5, and again, think of this poetically. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. He's talking about the people who are making pilgrimage up to Jerusalem, up to be at the temple of God. So people might have to set off from very far away, especially in the time of Jesus and the diaspora where the Jewish people are, are scattered all over the Greek world. And so for maybe Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, or maybe Passover, they're going to make a journey up to Jerusalem to worship God on His holy temple. And so they set off, and this is no little deal. It could be up to 1,200 miles away and a lot of it's on foot. Or they might have to travel by sea, and that means... They didn't have powerboats. It was sailing and it was dangerous and it was scary. But they were headed for Zion, to Jerusalem, to worship God in His temple. And He says here, Happy are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So is your heart set on pilgrimage today? We don't have to go off to Jerusalem. We don't have to go off to the temple. So application for us, where will we go? There is no temple. There is no temple here. We get to take off and go to a temple that is not built by the hands of men. We get to go to a temple where the holy place has not been sanctified by the blood of bulls or goats. But with the blood of Jesus Christ. This is where our heart is. This is where our treasure is. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. We are pilgrimaging to the true Zion. The heavenly Jerusalem. We're headed there. The presence of God and you don't have to go far. You don't have to travel sea. Or land. All you have to do is seek the Lord and He'll be found. He is near to us today. So they head for the pilgrimage. And remember, I said prayer believes, means believing His presence will help our sorrows. I just got excited about your pilgrimage toward heaven <laughs> that you can go to right now. If this sermon's bad, you can go to the Lord right now and ask Him to help me right in the middle of the sermon. Anytime, any moment, any day, you can go praise the Lord. As they pass through the Valley of Tears, Baca, we don't know where this place is. The Valley of Tears, the Valley of Weeping, they're not sure where the place is. But this is a poem, and so the place is not 100% important. He's making a picture here. You are pilgriming, making a pilgrimage through the Valley of Tears. Now, what is the Valley of Tears? If you just think about it as a poem, where is it? It's a place of sorrow, weeping. This is why we have tears. We're going through the valley of Baca. They make it a source of spring water. Now, why are they going through this dry place and they are making it a valley of spring water? Because in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of journeying to Jerusalem, even when they go through this valley of tears that he mentions, they're making it a place of spring water because even in the midst of sorrows, they're thinking, I am journeying to the presence of the Lord. I am going where his name is dwells. I am going to see the one who has promised us that in the day of his return, that not only will every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, but every tear will be wiped away and all sorrow shall cease. And so even in the midst of our despair, we do not grieve as those who have no hope because we have a hope. It is the presence of the Lord. The joy of their journey, the joy of the destination keeps them moving. The joy of their destination keeps them going. So even in the midst of sorrow, thinking about the fact that they can be in the presence of the, of the Lord 
if they continue, keeps them right. Do you feel like you are in the valley of sorrow, in the valley of tears? Have you been there? Can you say that in the deep, dark night of the soul, the light of God's presence kept me with joy in the midst of sorrows? The heart of those who love Christ is complicated indeed. We have so many emotions, so many, so many joys, so many sorrows in this life. But the joy that we have, no one can take. Because the Lord our God has promised to be with us, not only today, but in the age to come. And forever and ever. And how can you get to the heavenly Zion? How can you get to the place of the Lord? How can you go into the place that is not built with men's hands? How can you go and be in the presence of the Lord? Know Christ and just speak to him. You don't have to go anywhere. We're there now. He's promised that where we gather, he will be in our midst. The Lord is with us at this moment. So prayer means longing for the presence of the Lord. Prayer means believing that his presence will help us in our sorrows. We can journey through the valley of tears because we are with the Lord. Prayer doesn't just mean longing for the Lord's presence. Prayer doesn't mean just believing that the Lord will, uh, will be with us and help us in our sorrows. Prayer means actually being in the Lord's presence. Prayer is being in the presence of God. The writer of Hebrews teaches us that we ought to approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. Approach the throne of grace with boldness. Who lives in the throne room? Who's there? Who are you going to see? The Lord. The Lord of armies, it says here. The almighty God. Go in there with boldness. He loves you. Go in there full of confidence that not only can you go in there, you belong there. You're his son. You're his daughter. And you have an invitation. You're not barging in unannounced. You're not coming before the throne without an appointment. Anytime, son, anytime, daughter, come in. The Lord's not too busy running the world. He's not too busy saving souls. He's not too busy thwarting the devil. He got time for you every moment of every day. Come in. Speak to me what's on your heart. Talk to the Lord anytime you want. And you will be in his presence. The moment you give yourself over to seek the Lord, you will find him. You will find yourself teleported to the very presence of the living God where every single host of the heavens is assembled to worship and adore him. Every single saint that's gone on before in the presence of the Lord, there you are, right at the throne of grace. And he says, ask me anything you want. And I would do it. In fact, I will do above and beyond anything you can ask or think of. If you ask for something selfish, I'll direct you toward the right path. Come in and ask whatever's on your heart. This is why Jesus went to be with his father. He knew any moment of any time he could go. He said, I need to go spend time with my father. 
I want to be in his presence. Better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We have such grace. The presence of the Lord dwelt there on Zion in the temple of God. And the sons of Korah and the people of Israel longed to go there and be in the presence of God. But now that Jesus Christ crucified, the moment he died, what happened in the temple? The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. No longer was the presence of the Spirit mostly did he put his presence and his seat and his throne on the mercy seat there built by men, but the Spirit of God is everywhere. We are the temple of God as his church. And so the Lord fills this place. He fills our hearts. We are his body. And so when we go into the presence of the Lord, we don't have to like David and like Solomon think about, oh, I want to go to that place. All you have to do is go in prayer. For the Spirit is with us. The presence of God is our refuge. The presence of God is our retreat. The presence of God is our delight. He is our joy. And I believe it is that we are so exhausted and so harried in the world. Because look, the world is a bad place. It's dying. It's dying of sin. It's killing itself of sin. And it's tough to watch. In fact, the wiser you become, the more miserable it can make you. Just read the book of Ecclesiastes. The wiser you become, the more you see where the path of the unrighteous leads. The more you become wise, you see that we all make poor decisions. And we're not even, I'm not even just talking about outright sin. We don't even know what to do. We are harried. We are rushed. And we are trying so hard to do our best. We want to honor the Lord. We want to serve the Lord. We want to help people. We want to do all these things. And the Lord says, come to my presence. Let's take a break. Talk to me what's on your heart. What's making you tired? What's making you sad? What's making you happy? What would you like for me to do for you, for your people, for your city? What do you want me to do? We have this beautiful promise of his presence. So why don't we pray? Don't you see, don't you see how dumb it is to answer, I just haven't set aside enough time. That's not the problem. It's not the problem. The problem is our faith. Let's admit it. The problem is the world has distracted us. Let's admit it. The problem is that the cares and concerns of this world that so easily entangle, they've entangled. Let's be honest that we are so prone to sell the truth of God for a lie. That's why we haven't been in his presence. No excuses. Just admit it. I haven't come because I didn't believe he would listen. I haven't come because I've been distracted by the things of the world. I haven't come because I've been so busy in ministry for God that I haven't spent time with God because if I'm honest, maybe my ministry wasn't about serving God in the first place. Maybe I was serving me. These are tough things to look at, aren't they? This is why John Bunyan supposedly said, you can look it up. There's enough sin in my sweetest prayer to doom the world to hell. 
We need the Lord. We need to sit in His presence. And like David said, Lord, search me and try me. See if there's any unclean thing in me. Lord, help me. I told others, and, and it's so true, the prayer in the Scripture that comes back to me over and over again is not a psalm. It's not even a long prayer. It's not even from anybody we don't even know his name. It's an unnamed dad whose son was possessed by a devil. The disciples couldn't cast it out. If someone would throw himself in the fire, he would go into convulsions. Jesus was upset. I said, wicked generation, how long do I have to put up with you and your unbelief? And what did this dad say? This is a prayer, my prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's sweet. That's good. God listens to those prayers. He healed that man's son. You know what he said? His disciples said, why couldn't we cast it out? Why couldn't we cast out this demon? He said, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. This one comes out only by prayer. What was the prayer? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. The boy was made whole. Brothers and sisters, why don't we pray? Why don't we come into the presence of the Lord? Have we forgotten our first love? Have we forgotten that the most important thing on earth is Christ? And that he has invited us to be in his presence with his Father forever and ever? <coughs> then let's repent. Let's do that every day. Repent. Apologize for our distractions and our fleshly as, as we sing, uh, come thou fount of every blessing, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Let's confess it every day. And just settle down and be with our Father. And tell Him in our praise, it's better to be in your house one day than a thousand elsewhere. I know this, that is right true. Because I've spent a thousand days outside the presence of God at least. Years. One moment in the presence of the Savior is sweet. The Lord God is the sun and the shield and grants favor and honor for those who love Him. I'll leave you with this today. Church family, brothers and sisters, let's go to the Lord. Let's make our pilgrimage to that heavenly Zion where the Lord of armies has invited us to come and talk to Him about anything we want, about anything we need, and he will answer. And let's go talk to him, not just about us, but about others, and how we might serve and service the world and let them see the beauty of the presence of the Lord. Isn't that the thing? Let's just cut it right down to essentials. Are you upset that the world is sinning? I am. But you know what the real heartbreaker is? This is true. They've never been in the presence of the Lord. Not as son and not as daughter. They've never known that. And that's why they sin. And that's why they do what they do.
because they don't know the Lord. And what we're trying to bring into the world is not just correction of their morality, but the presence of the king. We bring him, he comes with us. We are a fragrant aroma of Christ. To those who are being saved, it is the present, it is the fragrance of life. To those who are perishing, it is the fragrance of death. We bring presence. That's what it means to be holy. Bringing the presence of the King. If you do not know Christ this morning, you are missing the presence of the Lord who has taken away the sin of the world. That if you will believe in Him and love Him, He will never leave you or forsake you. He will be faithful when you are faithless. He will remember you when you forget Him. He will never, ever stop pursuing you. That's what you're missing this morning. Come to Christ. He will wash you and make you clean. And he will give you peace. Sweet peace for your soul. Come if you're heavy laden and he will give you rest. Come if you're burdened and he will take your load. He is a good king. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, this morning we pray. We thank you that we can be in your presence, that even now you hear our cries. Lord, we pray this morning that we will be a people who seek your presence, that you will wake us up and that your face will shine on us, that you will remind us of what joy is. Joy is found at your right hand. Father, if there is someone this morning who has not known the presence of Christ as a cleansed from their sin believer. God, have mercy on them for the sake of your Son and for the glory of his resurrection. Save them. The dark heart, Lord, we pray that you will say, let there be light, and that light will be the shining face of Christ. And for every single one of us who do believe, let the day dawn again in our hearts every day. Lord, let us come to you and be in your presence and ask for things. Whatever it is that's on the hearts of the saints, let them ask. Lord, we are assured you will answer. Be with us this morning. Lord, help us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.